Hello listeners and welcome to State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your guide to the other side, Stephen Payton. The date is Friday the 23rd of April 2021. Let's get into it. Now there's just a couple of weeks left until the Scottish Parliament election and the campaign is kicking it up with the launch of party manifestos over the past week or so. Obviously Scottish Green and the SNP were firmly for another independence referendum and no surprises, Scottish Labour, the Tories and the Lib Dems came out opposing a second referendum. But of the three unionist parties, one party stance is increasingly at odds with the very folk they claim to represent and that is Scottish Labour. So far this campaign, Labour have actually done a better job than I think most would have expected under Anna Sarwar. Personally, I think his whole reasonable adult-in-the-room performance is as transparent as a white shirt on any given day in Glasgow. But, seemingly, it has impressed some folk. That was until yesterday, when he admitted that he was a hypocrite for sending his kids to private school while accepting that they contribute to societal inequality. There's that cognitive dissonance we've come to expect from the Scottish Labour leader. And the other area where Sarwar apparently has blinders on is independence. At his manifesto launch, Sarwar outlined that he'd be opposing not only independence, but also any attempt to hold a second referendum for the next five years at least. Which, as we all know, will be a critical time for how we choose to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. This is especially awkward though because just the day before the Scottish Trade Unions Congress voted on and backed a motion stating that the UK government should not resist NDF2 if a majority of pro-independent MSPs are elected to Holyrood at next month's election. In other words, they backed a motion saying that democracy should be respected. Something no pro-union politician is seemingly too willing to look in the eye and acknowledge honestly. Once again, the party that claims to represent the trade union movement in Scotland has found itself in opposition to the trade union movement in Scotland. In fact, the STUC went as far as backing a motion saying that the power to hold a second referendum should sit entirely at Holyrood. As in, we do not need Westminster's permission to hold a second referendum. And that's something I imagine the Scottish Labour leader is also somewhat against. So much for being the party of devolution. So on independence, Scottish Labour are completely out of touch. Not just with the trade union movement, but with their own voters. Research from Ipsos Mori shows that two-thirds of those who voted UK Labour in 2019 also think that Scotland should have the right to hold a second independence referendum in the next five years should a pro-ending majority find itself sitting in Holyrood a few weeks from now. Even a third of Tory voters hold this position now. Because at the heart of it, The argument for a second referendum is actually very simple. If you stand by parliamentary democracy, that is. So it's not really a surprise it's gaining such traction. What we are seeing is a small group of self-interested politicians basically holding Scotland hostage for the sake of their own political prestige. But it's not really their decision to make, is it? That's probably why they can't actually answer the question when it's so gently put to them. That's why Scottish Tory leader Douglas Ross was left looking so sheepish after Channel 4's Kieran Jenkins asked him six, yes, six times what the legal route to a referendum would be should a pro and the majority be returned to the Scottish Parliament, only to dodge the question every time. 
They don't have an answer. They want to say not now, but they really mean not ever. And when you put politicians like the Tories into a corner without an answer, they will try and take away the opportunity to even ask the question. Tory MSP Adam Tompkins has provided a perfect, if unsettling, example of that just this week, when he argued in a Spectator column that Scotland should be legally bound to the rest of the UK with something more robust than, quote, consent. Functionally, he wants Scotland strong-armed into staying in the Union, so of course his go-to example was the horrific crackdown on voters in Catalonia, as something the UK could emulate. Tompkins described a new act of union, yet by his description it looks to all intents and purposes more like a cage than a partnership. The Scottish Tory leader has already made clear he isn't really willing to accept the outcome of the Scottish election if it doesn't go his way. The Trumpification of the Tories continues apace. And all of this looks particularly bad in light of comments from Ruth Davidson, the party's poster child, that she made back in 2017. While responding to a statement from the First Minister in June of that year, Davidson called for ministers to promise there should be no separation vote for at least the duration of the Scottish parliamentary term, concluding that the First Minister should just give the country some certainty and take it off the table for the rest of this parliament at least. Well, the SNP did that. The parliamentary term came to an end and now here we are with the Tories deciding that actually they personally want even more time before we get to ask the question once more, if ever. In response to her comments popping back up, Angus Robertson has said, these comments show how the Tories just keep trying to shift the goalposts. In 2017, their position was that they were only opposed to a referendum for the duration of the parliament. Now they are simply trying to string it out indefinitely. And finally, this week, a wee piece of Scottish history you might not have read about in your textbooks. Look, we all know about the Macron report by this point, right? And how the British government suppressed the economic value of North Sea oil, lest the nationalist movement in Scotland start looking a little too closely at how it was being mishandled by their betters. But did you know that Labour ministers drew up plans in the late 70s to potentially redraw the borders of the UK to bring the North Sea into English territorial waters? Newly released documents from the time of the Callaghan government reveal that the UK government were so concerned about the oil going with an independent Scotland and the credibility it would bring the Scottish economy at the time that a full-scale land grab was considered. They even talked about trying to keep Shetland and Orkney out with an independent Scotland. Hmm. Well, if that isn't quite the example of how Scotland has been viewed by Westminster for these past decades, I don't know what is. But that does bring us to an end this week. With all that said, where does that leave the state of the Union? Running out faster than the time we have left to justly transition away from fossil fuels. See you all again next Friday. <laughs>